Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just getting a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours and 50- Seven footers, gang. You have got to love the prize picks. How are we doing <laughs> over there, Gerard? I cannot complain, man. Listen, you guys, if you're fans of our work and you checked out the segment we did earlier, we gave you the bets for tonight's TNT games. The Celtics in Brooklyn to take on the lowly and hapless Brooklyn Nets, losers of eight straight, and the Milwaukee Bucks defending champs out in La La Land trying to complete the sweep against the LA teams in, I said stables on the thing, we see, it's always going to be stables to me, in the crypto.com arena to take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Why does it got to be .com? Who <laughs> sat in a room and said, you know what? Let's name this crypto.com arena. It's just not when you put it on signs, the spacing, I just who knows? I that's why I'm not in advertising, but it is what it is. It is what it is. As long as they didn't mess up my my MSG, my garden. No, no, you, know you good, saying? you good. They 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 ain't changing the name of that anytime soon. Heck no, they are not. <laughs> All right, guys, like you heard in the top of the episode, prize picks. Make sure you guys get that app. Use the code 7footer and make some money and have some fun with tonight's uh, slate of games on TNT and throw some props. Why not make some money, like we said? Let's talk because the NBA trade deadline is two days away as we are filming this right now on the 8th, So, which means the trade deadline falls on Thursday the 10th and there was already mega trades being made today between the Pacers and Kings. We'll get to it. We're going to break things down for you guys and tell you a little bit of what we wish these teams would do, what they need to do. Gerard's probably going to slander a few people. It's going to be real good. <laughs> so now is the best time to get a snack, get a get a water. If you're 21 plus, grab a beverage, do what you need get to do. Get your popcorn ready, huh? <laughs> that is it because we, we need to chat trades and moves around the association, Gerard, because it got a little crazy today, a little cray-cray mm-hmm. as the kids out. There say, do they still do the, say that? Do the kids still say? Do the kids still say cray cray? I don't. I don't think so. I, think I, don't, was, I don't know. Just made myself look really uncool. <laughs> so before I get trolled on Twitter, let's start in the Eastern Conference, and we're just gonna go through each conference, guys, and kind of uh, talk about the state that these teams are in heading into the end of the trade deadline. Remember that ends Thursday, February tenth at three p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Let's talk about the Philadelphia 76ers because uh, a guy. On the Brooklyn Nets, who happens to be a former league MVP, is in trade rumors, reports. If you talk to ESPN, they say this is happening, and they just don't know when, but it is happening. There are talks going on. Reports is craziness, and James Harden uh, refused to answer any questions but his status of tonight's game against the Celtics, which he is out for that hamstring injury. Talk to me about what you know, Gerard, about the Brooklyn Nets and what could be happening. I say the Brooklyn Nets, even though we're talking about the Sixers, because of that trade that's dominating the news. Yeah, so look, everyone knows that Daryl Morey, the president of basketball operations of the Philadelphia 76ers, he was the man in charge. And for the Houston Rockets when one James Harden was winning MVPs, racking up all those numbers, becoming one of the greatest players to ever play the, the game. Um, he loves James, right? James is his guy. And, you know, he would love to have him in Philly. We do know that he tried to trade Ben Simmons last season for James Harden. Okay. We know that despite whatever he said was not true at the time. Now, 
the issue here is that the net, you know, James Harden came to Brooklyn because he wanted to be part of a three-headed monster, right? Jenna, we talk about that. Like he wanted to play with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving for the three of them to potentially win an NBA championship because the problems in Houston were he was, it was hard on him being a one-man band, although he did have Chris Paul for a couple of years, right? Like he wanted to kind of share more of the responsibility. Well, we know by Kyrie's non-vaccination stance and Kevin Durant is injured. And then the, the Nets just had a rash of injuries. In the two years that those guys have been together, um, I mean, it's really been a season and a half because James didn't come over, come over for the full first uh, full first season. They played seventeen games together. No, uh, nineteen games together. Now they're sixteen and three in those nineteen games. So when they play, they're excellent, right? They are world beaters. You can't stop them. You know all the all the deal. Problem is, they haven't been able to do it of, of the available games they could have played together. I think there's like a hundred and change. They played in nineteen. Well, that's not great. James Harden's like, I didn't sign up for this. I don't know what's up with this dude, Kyrie. So, you know, there it's just, it, you know, ultimately what I think that the situation is, is that James doesn't want to deal with this anymore. And so he's putting the nets on notice. He's like, look, man, you got to figure something out because I'm not down with this part-time Kyrie thing. This isn't cool. And, you know, on Philly's side of things, what I'd love for them is, look, Daryl wants, Daryl wants, James Harden there. Philly's got an MVP season happening right now with Joel Embiid. He is, I mean, right now it's either him or Nikola Jokic for league MVP, right? I mean, they're just, and it's, I mean, some one, I, I might wake up tomorrow and say it's Jokic. The next day I might say it's Embiid, right? I don't know, but it's the two of them True. clear cut. And then everybody else is fighting for third, fourth, and fifth. Um, And, you know, Embiid's got an injury history, right? And you don't want to waste an MVP season like this. No. We know about the Ben Simmons situation. He is not going to listen. He is not coming back to play for this team. Okay. He just, he doesn't want to deal with it. Like we know all the things and he's not at a place also where just imagine if he has to come back, Jenna, what do you think that when he walks into that locker room, what that's going to be like? I mean, forget about the fans and booing. That's a whole, yeah, that's coming. You got to deal with, your teammates and get them to one where you're like, you got to apologize. You got, they got to be a whole come to Jesus. Like, look, man, there's a lot him and doc. It, Cause what is, what's happened, Jenna is the trust is broken. There's no trust there from, from either side. So when that happens, it's like a, it's like a bad marriage time for divorce, man. When the trust is broken and it's irreparable and you cannot repair it, repair it. Or what are we still together for? Right? Like right. we got, we got to end this. So what I would love for the Sixers is for them to have some kind of resolution. Shout out to Aaliyah. We need a resolution. Rest in peace Um, to their situation and whatever that may be and move on and compete with the potential league MVP. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. They definitely need a divorce going on there just because again, like you said, the trust isn't there. We get that. The relationships obviously are beyond repair at this point. But if you think about it too, just in the short, like it's just this awkward situation. What happens when you're invited to a party from somebody that you haven't been, that you haven't seen in a while? And it's like, oh gosh, you know, how, how are they going to be? Are they, and then you go and they're just com completely different person than you even knew. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah, how, yeah. why, mm -hmm, how am I here? Mm -hmm. How did I get here? It's just too awkward now. You can't yeah. go back. You yeah. look bad. It's, yeah. it's not a good situation. So yeah, they need to get Simmons out of there. I don't know if they're going to make a deal in two days, seeing as it has taken them Literally, it feels like two years to do this, but uh, Daryl Morey is stubborn when it comes to his asking sure price is. still sure at this point. And again, let's make a note, too, that we have not, as much as this story has dominated the headlines and exhausted them, to be honest, we have heard nothing from Ben Simmons. Not one word. Nothing. Well, here's the other interesting part, Jenna. You say we haven't heard anything from Ben Simmons, right? Well, we know when we hear certain things, what camp it comes from, right? Who's putting it out, whatever. All this stuff we hear about, the Sixers are like convinced that James is going to leave in the offseason. They know that that's all coming from Daryl Morey, okay? That's coming from Morey and all his little media plants that like to put out stuff for him, okay? The Nets have been clear. We are not moving off of James Harden, right? And if they were to move off Harden, it's going to have to be for everything they want in return. Because remember, he's still under contract for them this season, right? That's number one. Number two, in the uh, at the end of this season, Harden could become a free agent. He, he could also opt in to the money remaining, right? Here's the thing. The Nets own his bird rights, right? So if he wants the maximum dollars, he's going to have to sign with the Nets and do a sign and trade. Is it going to be as simple as 
opt out and then go from Philly because you're going to lose. You're going to leave money on the table. Jenna, when have you known an athlete to ever leave 10, 15, 20 million dollars on the table? Like, I'm cool. I don't need to get that. Nah. Nah, they nah, that. nah, nah. They scooping that all in the bag. <laughs> all that all money getting in that bag. bag. <laughs> Literally, they will go on these uh, standoffs, holdouts, everything that they call them, uh, until this happens again. Exactly. I, I'm just never about the numbers, so don't. And, and by the way, mentioned. I want to be clear. I don't begrudge them. Take all the money that's oh, owed to you. Take Get it all. Of all. It. <laughs> yeah. Right. So just you know. Give, give us a sign, man. Give us a sign. Give us a sign. That's it. We can't stay in Philly forever because we got to go no. to Toronto. So bring your passport with you. Let's talk. Oh, really quick, Jenna. On, on Brooklyn, though, what I would wish for them, mm-hmm. health. I'd like them to have health. That's That's, that's their Please. biggest thing. They just need to be yeah. healthy. When they are Absolutely. healthy. Listen, we saw what this team did last year in the postseason. When they dismantled Boston. And we saw them. Now, remember, Harden got hurt literally the first play of the game in the second round against Milwaukee. And even without that, we saw them go up 2-0 on the Bucs and like, damn, imagine if they had Harden. So we know what this team could be if all three of them together. The thing that James might be feeling now is, is this just some, some hypothetical? And we're never going to see this team together. It's just ifs, if, ifs, you know, we're a fifth, right? Like if ifs and buts were candies and nuts, right? Like that's, that's what this is. It's just a bunch of ifs and buts. But at some point, exactly. it's got to actually happen. And it hasn't. And that's maybe it's frustrating Harden. It is. And if you think about it, it is very frustrating to sit there. And especially when the trade deadline is in two days and watching all these teams make these moves and and kind of play to win now and pick up pieces that they need to complete their rosters to contend, whether it's for the playing tournament or for a championship in general. So it is frustrating. Do you sit by and watch this all happen? Do you try to make a move? You know, I just... It's a very interesting position Harden is in because clearly he can't carry the team on his back uh, at the moment. And again, he is missing Durant and Kyrie. But I, I don't know if I'd be okay with this half in, half out thing too uh, with Kyrie that he's doing here. Oh, so, I definitely wouldn't be How okay could with you? It. It's not no, fair. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's again, not. it isn't what I signed up for. This is, no, we, it's one thing if a guy gets injured, right? It's like, all right, I can't, you can't control that. But right. you are voluntarily choosing not to be a full-time participant. Nah. Yeah. Not ro- not rocking with that. I couldn't agree more. So, again, Brooklyn Nets. We'll see if they can climb out of that eight-game losing streak. However, uh, I don't believe – I think this was a stat that I read that a team that has gone through even a seven-game losing streak like this has not won a chip. Um, yeah. I mean, it's – it's so... listen, first time for everything, everything can happen, but, like, nah, not 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 the way it's looking right now. No, no, we shall see. Let's talk about the Toronto Raptors because although they have been kind of hiding from the headlines a little bit and not making much noise in Toronto, there's a number six seed right now in the East, Gerard, and they're right under the Sixers there who we just talked about. Joel Embiid is having an MVP-like season, and they're pretty much title contenders are heading in that direction at this point. So 29-23, above 500. Talk to me about the Raptors. What should they do? Do they need to make a move at the Jenna, I like what I'm seeing from Toronto right now. As you mentioned, 29 and 23, they are the number 13 team in adjusted net rating, uh, top 13 offense, top 12 defense. I think they just need a center. They can get a, a legitimate center. Um, who that is, I don't know. Um, but I'm loving what I'm seeing from Fred Van Vliet, from Pascal Siakam. Scotty Barnes is a revelation as a rookie. They, they have the right pieces and they're moving in the right direction, Jenna. If they can just get an, a legit big man. Um, you know, the Miles Turner thing there, Miles Turner's injured now. So, you know, we, that's kind of out. Sabonis has already gone to, um, you know, to, to Sacramento. That would have been a nice place for him, you know, cause that's an, a legit, legit score, uh, in, in the center position, but if they can get a legit big man, um, you know, Kenrich Williams, although he wasn't, he recently moved, uh, Rashawn Holmes, maybe who, uh, again, a legit big man. That, that's, I think, what I would want for Toronto if, if I'm if I'm wishing something for the Raptors. Absolutely. I think they, they're just one kind of piece away from really, really contending uh, up there. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll see. And Fred Van Vliet, uh, number three in three-pointers in yeah. the NBA. Yeah, listen, Fred's – No, I mean, I'm sorry. He's number two behind Steph Curry, not number three. Number three is Buddy Heald. Fred, Fred so. Van Vliet. First year starting all star, like first time, first time all star, first time starter. I mean, oh, not a star, excuse me, first time all star. This is fantastic. Kudos, uh, Masai Ujiri, 
been doing a hell of a job up in mm-hmm. Toronto. And we know about Nick Nurse. Pascal's playing like an all NBA guy again. Like this is this is good stuff, man. Absolutely. Fred Van Blee, uh, finding the success uh, with Toronto. Love to mm-hmm. see it. Mm-hmm. We already discussed the Brooklyn Nets. So any last words on them before I head to uh, another East? Just health. Team? That's all. Health. That's right. I like to hear it. Let's talk about the Boston Celtics. Number eight seed in the East right now. And mm-hmm. right now, they if the playoffs started tomorrow, they'd be in the playing tournament 30 and 25 above 500. Are you still, because remember, we were very critical of this Celtics roster Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. earlier on in the season about, you know, were there too many cooks in the kitchen? Jalen Brown, Mm -hmm. Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart. Talk to me about the Celtics. Do they need to add or subtract or both? They're they're doing well, Jenna. Like they they've come on strong here lately. Um, They're winners of five in a row. They're probably going to make the Nets losers of nine straight tonight in that game. Um, They're number seven in adjusted net rating. They have the um, number three defense in the entire NBA, according to Justin's defensive rating. That's phenomenal. Emil Yudukas got those guys guarding. To me, Jenna, like, you know, the Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum thing, you know, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not really sure what's going on here. Do these guys have an alpha issue? They seem to have things worked out. What they need is a point guard, someone who can create for everybody else. You know, Marcus Smart's fine, but he's not that. I mean, Tyrese Halliburton would have been great on this team. Well, that ain't happening. You know, what What other point guards are out there that they can get their hands on? Someone that can get them into their offense, right, who can play make for others. Because while Brown and Tatum can play make, they're not quite as good at creating for others as they are for themselves, right? Mm-hmm. That's, I think, a piece that they're missing right now. But that's what I'd like for Boston. They can find somehow find a, a point guard. Right, right. How um, are you liking – how would you rate uh, first-year head coach in Ime Udoka? Look, he, I mean, he's doing well. They're five games above 500. Look, remember where they were? And they're in the eighth spot right now. They were, what, 10, 12? They were below 500. We're like, this is a disaster. They're bought, they're bought in on the defensive end, right? He's got them playing great defense. I think the challenges you're seeing on offense right now is a little bit too much of, like, individual ball because, again, they don't have that person who can create and play make for everybody else and get everyone involved. They can find themselves a point guard. Listen, this is a team you probably don't want to play because anytime you got to deal with wings like Tatum and Brown in a seven game series, they can win games by themselves. Right. And that's that's the thing about about the playoffs. So, yeah, that's Boston. Interesting. They could find a point guard. There's a few floating around that I could think of. We'll chat about it. <laughs> Let's talk about my New York Knicks because mm. really, like I said, if the playoffs started tomorrow, they wouldn't even be in the playoffs. Yeah, then again, man. They're not used to that. Uh, they did, uh, you know, Julius Randle led them there last season, but then, you know. I mean, but before that, they've been used to not making the not playoffs. Not since so. 2000, what, 13 with Mello. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. again, we're back. Are we Are we taking a few steps back here? Uh, 24 and 30, below 500. The New York Knicks have got to get it together. I mean, Julius Randle hasn't been playing up to par. R.J. Barrett has been pretty good, uh, especially on the offensive end. Uh, Kemba Walker's still there, and they're figuring out his role. And what is this? Are we hearing trades about Alec Burks? Uh, talk to me about what these New York Knicks need to do to kind of just even contend for a playing spot at this point. I'm not even talking about anything else. I mean, Jenna, look, you got to move. Tibbs is still stuck on his guys, right? You know, these veterans and, you know, this grind it out. We got to win every game. And it's something I've been saying forever, Jenna, which is you got to turn the keys over to the young guys, right? It's time for RJ Barrett, Obi Toppin, Quentin Grimes, right? Quickly. These are the dudes that have to be getting the bulk of the minutes and the bulk of the playing time right now. Like Julius Randle last season was his high, right? I don't know that you're going to see another season like that from him again, right? And for him to replicate that. Um, And it's challenging. And defensively, they're about middle of the pack right now. And they were you know, holding around top 10 last year. I mean, top eight at times. Offensively, they're in the bottom third of the league. They're 25th in adjusted offensive rating. And again, it's because Randall isn't hitting those tough threes, you know, that, that he was hitting last year, right? And, you know, three-point shots got a high variance. So when your threes go in, you make sure offense look, look good. When it's not, well, now you're seeing, right? And I just think that, look, I think Randall's a, a good player, but I think this team would be better if RJ was more of a focal point offensively again, Obi Top and a lot of these guys, what I would have loved for them to do last year was sell high on Julius Randle, do a sign and trade, sign sign them and sell them last year or and, and trade them last year in the offseason. That would have been that would have been great. Um, but you know, they, they weren't able to do that. We'll see if they make any moves. I don't know. Mitchell Robinson and uh Nolan's Noel 
um, are two guys that have been, you know, their, their names have been percolating around. So who knows? Uh, but honestly, at 24 and 30 in the tall spot, sure, they can climb into 10, right, and and do their thing. They're only a couple of games behind Atlanta. But, I mean, to do what? Get in the plane and lose? and Or to get that to get that eight seed to, give you, to be, what, number one against the Heat? To get blown out? Because <laughs> you ain't beating the Heat. This team ain't good enough to do that, right? You're not good enough to beat any of the teams in the top top end of the of the Eastern Conference right now. So yeah, for the Knicks, I just kind of want them to. I want Tibbs to kind of become a little more flexible in his philosophy. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a good analysis of it too. And plus, I mean, this sounds kind of crazy, but a lot of people are bouncing around the idea uh, of you know trading Julius Randle, letting the young guys yeah. thrive, letting yeah. Obi top and get more mm-hmm. more time and thrive. So. Interesting takes there, but again, uh, New York's uh, fans especially are very protective of Julius Randle. Um, we shall see, though, what happens in New York. All they need, they just need to really get it together. But a team that really doesn't need to get it together, in my opinion, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Again, not the Buccaneers, as you heard in that betting segment. Uh, the reigning champion Bucks, and again, you guys know we told you this, uh, they are at the Nets tonight, and as Gerard predicted, probably a nine-game uh, losing streak at that point. But talk to me about the Bucks. D- does anything even need to be done here, or do you think that they can actually make a clean run at a back-to-back? Um, they're they're at the Lakers tonight, Jenna. Remember not the or Lakers. I'm sorry. Uh, all good. All good. Um, green. They green. they needed to do nothing. The Bucks need to do nothing. They that right. team is perfectly fine the way it is. I mean, I guess Brooke Lopez get back healthy, but honestly, like I, I just I think they're fine. Like I really do. Bobby Portis is giving them good minutes. You could always slide Giannis to the five, and that makes him – he's already unguardable as it is. But Giannis is your five now. Going to battering ram on teams. Um, listen, when Holiday, Giannis, and Middleton play, they're pretty much unstoppable this season. So uh, defending champs, they need you to do what they're doing. Make, they need you to make sure they're healthy come postseason. And, you know, given what's going on with Brooklyn, they should be able to romp through the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I mean, and then once you, you know, thinking ahead, but once you get to the West, if things, if the trend keeps going that the Lakers are on right now, I mean, hey, somebody in the East could luck out. Is <laughs> all I'm saying. If you are traveling over to the West, again, you got to play the Suns and everybody the else Warriors. You know, mm-hmm. in the mix. And of course, the Dubs. But, you know, you never know how it's going to pan out. So we love this league. But uh, really quick, let's give Giannis his flowers too, because. This man's shot has improved so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that we're seeing him shooting long threes, long jumpers. I mean, how well-rounded his game has gotten. And this man has not changed. I mean, the jokes that he's cracking online. You just said he was at Disney. <laughs> like, it's just, it's it's amazing. You love to see it. So, good situation there in Milwaukee. Let's move on to the number three seed in the East. I'm talking about the Chicago Bulls. We already had an episode nearly dedicated to them uh, a couple weeks ago about how they were just thriving uh, with DeMar DeRozan, uh, Lonzo Ball, and the roster that they have there in the new culture that they're building in Chicago. So talk to me about them now. 33-21, and 21, well above 500. What does this team need to do? Because right now they're behind, again, the Bucks we just talked about and the number one in, uh, seed in the Heat. So yeah, they it's need a tough, to tough uh, trio here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they need to find their defensive identity again, Jenna. Um, they're, they're slipping on that end right now. They're 25th in adjusted defensive rating in the league, fourth in, in adjusted offensive rating. So that's great. They need to get help. I mean, that's going to be the theme I'm going to be saying all day about a lot of teams is they need to get healthy. Uh, Caruso needs to get back healthy. Um, you know, they lost Eric Jones Jr., um, Levine, you know, everyone just needs to be healthy on this squad. If, if everyone's healthy and they get back to their defensive identity um, that they had, and they played some pretty good defense early on, I think they'll be fine. Um, this team will be a tough outcome postseason. I don't know that there's any trade per se for them to make or to be made. Again, I just think health is is the big thing with this squad. Yeah, they need a couple assets there. Not too much, but just something to get over that hump. So they can really contend for a chip here. Could you imagine? Oh, man, the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> what? What? All right. We got to go to uh, a couple more complicated situations here, and we got to talk about Cleveland. And mm. I'm just going to be the first to call myself out that I slandered this team so hard in the beginning of the season. <laughs> I mean, including you, Kevin Love. You know I always loved you, buddy. Um, but the Cleveland Cavaliers are are building something special. 
I, and I'm very, I, I'm hopping on. I'm very convinced um, a little bit here. Not fully, but kind of. They acquired Karis LeVert earlier this week for Ricky Rubio, who went down with that ACL. As you guys know, we covered that in December. And they got two lottery-protected first and two second-rounders. So this is a good get here. And then um, this team, they're just building something special here. Kevin Love, I feel like, is finally settling into this role, this veteran role that he has there. And again, we're still without Colin Sexton, who went down with his uh, separate knee injury there too. So talk to me, Gerard, a little bit about what the Cleveland Cavaliers need to do. Two days to the trade deadline, but hey, I mean, they're already making moves. They need to do nothing. I mean, they've already made their move, right? They got Karis LeVert as a wing okay. scorer, right? And someone helped take the load off of Darius Garland because right now he is our only offensive initiator and creator. Um, LeVert mm-hmm. can be with that second unit and help those guys out. Um, look, he reunites with Jared Allen from his, his next days. Look, you got the three seven-footers in Allen Mobley and Laurie Markkinen. They, they're playing excellent, excellent ball right now. And Jenna, they're ahead of schedule. This team is young. They don't need to do anything. They are fine the way they are. You're, already, you're, you're, you're a playoff team. Let's see now when you get to the playoffs with this rock. Again, this will be the first time in the playoffs for Garland, Mobley, uh, Isaac Okoro, all these guys, right? Let's see Jared Allen and, and Karis LeVert have some playoff experience. Let's see how they do with their first taste of NBA playoff basketball. Because Jenna, you know, and I know we talk about it all the time. Regular season ball is one thing. Playoff ball is a different situation, right? When a team gets the game plan for you and they know all your strengths and weaknesses and they want to exploit them, how do you counter? How do you? And this is, this is great for Cleveland and uh, head coach J.B. Bickerstaff uh, to, to experience this. Again, they're ahead of schedule. Do nothing. This future is looking bright in Cleveland. Who the hell would have said, think you could say that a couple of years ago? I, like I said, there's no easy way to put it. Um, I, I was terrible to them uh, in the beginning of oh, the season. Right, rightfully so. I mean, you were like, oh, who's, and Kevin Love, again, to your point, what, what a reclamation project. He's got a ton of playoff experience. So I think that'll all be helpful for this squad. And the question is, can they win a playoff series? I mean, first of all, making the playoffs alone, this season is already, they're already playing with house money right now. Season's already gravy. But Jenna, they win a playoff series? Oh my God. They're going to, again, these young guys are going to have that taste. Even if they get their asses kicked in round two, they're going to be so hungry coming back next season. And we talked about that too, that uh, that getting that playoff experience, even if you know you're not going to get that far, you're you're still getting that experience and figuring it out along the way. And it matures you as a player, especially with these young guys getting in there. So I'm really happy about that one. And let's talk about another blockbuster trade that went down today between the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings in the West, because this got a little crazy here. And of course your girl was at the end of her workday and covered it. Cause you know, what's up dedication, but let's talk this about this because the Blazers from Oh, I'm sorry. Um, did I mess up this right here? Oh, I'm sorry. Pacers, the Indiana Pacers. Pacers. Yes. I'm guys, what is wrong with me today? I'm telling you. I'm working 6 a.m. for the Olympics. It's a little nasty out here. You know what I'm saying? A lot of concealer on me. But let's talk about this now. The Pacers they traded for two-time All-Star in Devonta Sabonis, Jerry Lamb, and Justin Holiday. They tra- the Pacers traded them to Sacramento for Tyrese Halliburton. Big surprise there to a lot of people. Buddy Heald and Tristan Thompson. Yeah, you guys heard about him lately. So you know how that goes out there in those streets. You know what I'm saying? And um, it got crazy out here. Now, a lot of people would argue that the Pacers won this trade by a mile, especially getting Halliburton, who is have is an incredible young guard, playmaker, scorer, all that, all that jazz. And, of course, Buddy Heald, I mentioned, is top three and three-pointers. Great offensive player there. And talk to me about this trade, Gerard. Would you yeah, say the Pacers uh, won? I mean, look, everyone loves Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, Buddy Heal is a great shooter. And it looks like Indiana, of course, with a mouse turner injury, they opted to move Sabonis. Levert was already sent away to Cleveland. Um, and and, and Hol- Holiday and Jeremy Lamb. So it looks like the rebuild is happening around Miles Turner. He looks like he's going to get a little bit more focal point of the offense. I think they're going to go a full five-out offense with space, creating, and shooting. And Indiana's going to see what they got. Look, let's just be clear right now. This is for the future, right? I mean, Indiana ain't. Yeah. I mean, what? They're six games out of the 10, the play in, right? So, I mean, seven games, excuse me, out of the play in. So, uh, I mean, sure, 
Rick Carlisle can start building a culture there. And figure, and I think that's what this is about. It's about Carlisle building a culture with Halliburton, hopefully with Buddy Heald and, you know, mm-hmm. see what they get in the, in the draft coming up uh, this summer and, you know, build around Turner and see what they have. Uh, but it's, it's clearly that they're rebuilding and they think that Halliburton is going to be a big piece of that. So kudos to uh, to the Pacers. Absolutely. Again, uh, they made some serious moves. And like you said, this is a longevity move for them at this point at 13th uh, in the East there. So again, good things happening there. Slow and steady wins the race. Rick Carlisle, we wish you the best of luck, buddy. Let's talk to uh, uh, talk about another team that slow and steady maybe wins the race, the Detroit Pistons. Um, Gerard, what needs to be done to the Pistons? Is it even salvageable at this point? The 14th seed in the East, 12 and 41. I mean, look, the, Coach Dwayne Casey just needs to build around his guys. Kate Cunningham, right? Um, Isaiah Stewart, like uh, the young guys, right? Uh, they, mm-hmm. they need to figure out if they – is Jeremy Grant someone that they're keeping or are they going to move him? Move Grant, get some more younger uh, players, get some more draft capital because that they're building for the future here. That That's, that's what's going on in Detroit. We are building for the future, so – yeah, we'll what a humbling uh, rookie year for Kate Cunningham um, <laughs> in that number one draft. Pick Life right comes there. at you fast. <laughs> it really does. Not a better quote to talk about than that one. Okay, let's uh, go down to South Beach and take our talents there. Oh, throwback Thursday. But the Miami Heat, the number one team in the East, red hot 35 and 20, doing great things uh, in the 305 with Jimmy Butler and the crew there. Um, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, of course, you know, we love him. But uh, is he he's still sidelined, so... No, he's back, actually. He's back. Oh Bam's my gosh. back. Mm-hmm. Bam's Jeez. back. And I remember saying that to somebody, too. I was like, wow, he got back much quicker than I had thought. But uh, talk to me about this uh, team here, because they didn't slow down with Bam out of the lineup, which is very important because he is a key piece to both on both ends of the floor for this team. So talk to me about the Heat. Do they need to even make a move? Jenna, Miami Heat, number one team in the Eastern Conference. They are fifth in adjusted net rating. Eighth in adjusted offensive rating and sixth in adjusted defensive rating. I mean, uh, when you're when you're top ten in both offense and defense, it's just they're one of three teams who are top ten in both. The Phoenix Suns are the other one, and the Memphis Grizzlies are the others. Right? Only three teams in top ten in offense and defense, according to uh, dunks and threes. The thing for me with the Miami Heat is Spo is a phenomenal coach. Right? They had no Jimmy and no Bam for much of this first. I mean, we're past the halfway point of the season already. Right, much past the first uh, half of the season, and they are still the number one team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, hell of a job by Spo. What concerns me for them come postseason, and what I am looking to is, can they get some help on the wing? I just feel like they don't have another wing score. And you know, listen, we we always talk about that. We need more wing score. Yeah, everyone needs a wing score. They, the problem is they don't grow on trees, right? You're not gonna find. Kevin Durant and LeBron's just kind of hanging out. That's just not a thing, right? Um, but they need another wing offensive initiator and creator, and I just don't know where they find that. So for the playoffs, to me, in a series against um, Milwaukee, potentially, I just – Milwaukee's got two offensive initiators, right, out on the perimeter in Giannis and Chris Middleton, right? Andrew Holiday, we know what he can do, right? They just – I feel like the, the the Heat need one more piece on the wing. And I just look if Bam, if you're gonna tell me Bam's gonna give you 25 a night, okay, cool. And he's consistently gonna knock down that 18 to 20 footer, fine, I'm good. But I don't know that that's gonna be true. So, you know, that that's what they need to me. And they need another another offensive creator out on the wing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh Tyler Hero has been a great asset off the bench too. And this Heat team has that playoff, that deep playoff experience, of course, as we know, we watched them in the bubble and beyond. And of course, you have Kyle Lowry, who's obviously won a chip himself. So again, I have more faith in them taking things to the postseason and really taking care of business this time. Usually I've been shaking the past, but again, we shall see about the heat. That covers the the Easter conference so let's move to no, we're not done what? we got we, we got more teams we got the rest of that oh activity. my god what is wrong <laughs> with me today wait guys in my defense um i actually accidentally just leaned on the space bar and it pushed all the teams <laughs> guys it's, it's all good it's all good day. it happens it happens it's all good all right 
<laughs> Let's talk about the Charlotte Hornets now because I feel like the Charlotte Hornets can make a move here and should capitalize on something, but I'm not sure exactly what it could be right now. But, it, you know, we have new uh, all-star in LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball, so mm-hmm. congrats to him. Congrats mm-hmm. to him. Mm-hmm. Named on the uh, injury reserve list, but however, it's still an all-star spot. So talk to me about these Hornets led by Ball because I think he needs another another key piece. Yeah, the question is, right, is it like is Miles Bridges enough? Is Gordon Hayward enough? Right? Like, I feel like this is, this is the challenge, right? Like, can, can they, can they do enough to kind of move them out of that nine spot right now? They are four, they are two and a half games behind uh, one and a half, excuse me, uh, behind Toronto for that six seed, right? Can they improve on that? Maybe you'll see. I don't know. Um, two and a half, excuse me. Um, see, bad day for me, math too. I, I just, I just don't know what, what the move, what the move is. Right. I, I just, I don't know. And what, what do they want to give up? Right. You, you, cause Bridges seems like a guy you want to keep, right. Maybe Hayward's the piece you move. Okay. But if you move Hayward, Spring what are you angle. getting, what are you getting in return for Hayward? Right. Like mm-hmm. that's going to vault you over the top. Cause Hayward is your one guy on here. Who's got playoff experience. Who is again, another, uh, wing offensive initiator and creator right like again i don't know if you want to give those kinds of players up unless whatever you're getting in return is going to make you it's going to set set you up for long term and for the future and i just don't know what that move is right now no i agree i mean hey if you don't know we know i don't know <laughs> let's be serious here i mean look at look at me today anybody who's listening this bear with me man um all right let's talk about the atlanta hawks the trey young atlanta hawks he is still doing his thing down south but it's not helping them like i thought it would this season like i was riding this high they're in the number 10 seed right now just below 500 i mean gerard what what needs to be done in atlanta you know, Jenna, we talked about this uh, at the beginning of the season. When Trey came out with the whole, like, it's hard to get up for the regular season, you know, after what we've accomplished, I, I told you, and I've said it multiple times, sound like a broken record. That, to me, set a bad tone for this entire season. Like, my guy, you didn't accomplish shit. You went to one conference finals. Like, congrats. But the elite and the excellent all-time players, why they are what they are is because they do that over and over and over repeatedly. Yeah. It, you know, Chris Paul talked about this um, early in the season, Jenna, when um, he was oh, it's his TNT game and he was like, you guys know how it is in the league. People always say, "Ah, oh, you know, you got this, you got that. You know, he's like, look, you got to play who's in front of you. Right. Like you, you got to you got to be who's on the schedule and you've got to play who is in front of you. And that's something. And this is Chris Paul, a what, 13, 14 year NBA veteran. Right. Uh, at this stage of his career, I'm longer than that, 15. Um you know, but he is, and shout out to Coach Thorpe, he is finding joy in the merry-go-round, right? Everyone loves the playoffs. The playoffs are great. Yeah, it's the roller coaster. Highs, lows, like, but Coach Thorpe always says, get off the roller coaster and find the joy in the merry-go-round. That's the regular season. The regular season's the merry-go-round. Listen, man, you got to find ways to do the good. What are we building on? What are our habits? What's the, what are the things we're doing in this, the adult, and it's hard, I know, 82 games, you can tell when the players are like gassed and ready for the all-star break and ready to get, I get all that, but the teams that do well, find the joy in the regular season. Look at the Phoenix Suns, man. Out here winning at a crazy clip. Look at the, look at the Miami Heat. Look at the Golden State Warriors, right? Like, listen, these teams are out here, they go, because they know. Yeah. We know the playoffs are what matters, but we have to make sure we're doing the right things now to prepare ourselves. And Atlanta, they're just not there yet. Honestly, they have what they need. Because they went to the conference finals last year. Who they what they need is on the roster. It's just not performing up to its level right now. And you know, I think again, there's some injuries and some other things happened, but again, the tone that was set by their leader, Trey Young, at the beginning of the season was not the right tone to set. Oh, I love when you stick by your points. I, I get that <laughs> nostalgia and I'm like, oh, damn. All right, moving on. The Washington Wizards, not good news for them uh mm-hmm. today on February 8th. We got news and word that Bradley Beal will out will be out for season-ending surgery on that wrist injury that he's been dealing with. This is the worst-case scenario we were not hoping for. So that's your star player. That's your franchise face. So they should be looking and looking fast to fill this void. And I'm talking a void in scoring leadership. 
and the list goes on. And again, the Wizards aren't exactly in a contending spot, 11th seed uh, in the East. But hey, I mean, you could at least be in the playoffs. Um, they're just below eh, mid 500. So what could we do in uh, Washington to fill this Bradley Beal void? Not that you're going to fully feel uh, full that void, but still. Well, it's interesting, Jenna, because, you know, Bradley Beal's name has come up a lot in trade rumors. Is he going to stay? Is he going to mm-hmm. go? GM Tommy Shepard has been very clear about, like, you know, Brad wants to stay here. We want to keep him, all that. We do remember that there was, um, not too long ago, a couple weeks ago, sort of talk in the locker room about sort of Spencer Dinwiddie's leadership style not being appreciated. And where was that coming from? Was that Beal? Was that KCP? Was that Kuzma? What 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 what's happening there? I think you know, without Beal now, what you're going to see is a chance to get a look at this team with Dinwiddie as sort of the you know lead ball handler guy, right? Playing with Kuzma, KCP, and Bryant and Hachimura and all these young guys, and see well, what do we have here? Like what Danny Abdia, et cetera. What 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 is this team and what are we? Right? Are we going to try to fight our way into the play-in? Um, are we? You know, Coach Thorpe talks to me about build, building culture, right? Sometimes I'm always like. Man, it's not happening this year. Let's just reset. But sometimes it's about, hey, let's build good habits and see what we can do. So maybe, you know, West Sunshine Jr. head coach, it's about continuing to build his, his program, build the habits he wants this team to have. And at the end of, you know, the regular season, Jenna, we'll see where the chips fall. Maybe they'll be right there at that 10 spot in that plan, and they'll go from there. Yeah, we'll see. I'm really interested to see how the Wizards move forward after the absence of Beal and how Dinwiddie handles it, just because, you know, he, we saw those comments about him saying that his leadership style wasn't so much accepted in the locker room. So I wonder if there's some uh, noise happening there. Mm-hmm, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Not trying to start rumors, but, you know, I love a good narrative. Um, I mean, the Orlando Magic. I mean, we don't, there's nothing to say here. Look, they're, they're building for the future. Move on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> ah, time to go to the West. It's been a little cold in the East. So let's talk about... The Utah Jazz. I I just always feel stuck when I talk about the Utah Jazz because I feel like they're just something away from progressing. And I feel like that's kind of a theme with them. So, again, let's talk Jazz. And they're not doing bad. Number four seed in the West right now, 33 and 21, above 500, of course, right behind those Warriors, Suns, and Grizzlies. Woo, Grizzlies. But anyway, we'll get to them. Jazz, let's talk about it. What do they need to do? Does D. Mitch need somebody? Oh, look, we're still hearing, we're hearing rumblings again that Donovan and Rudy's relationship isn't great. They lost Joe Ingles for the season. Look, and that's going to make it harder to do something. What they need is defensive help right now. They're fine offensively, number one, again, according to adjusted offensive rating in the NBA. That defense has slipped to 16th, all right? And this was once a top top defense, top five defense. Um, their perimeter defenders are just weak and lacking. And now that Ingles is gone, that was a piece you could have potentially moved because I was always thinking for them, you know, it would be nice move, give away some of that offense to get better defensively, particularly at the point of attack on the wing, because that's their challenge. We know how great Rudy is controlling, controlling the paint, but at the perimeter, when you've got to play Ingles, uh, Bogdanovich and Donovan together, you know, listen, those guys aren't exactly world beaters on defense, right? And they get beat often at the point of attack. Um, so, you know, if I, if I'm Utah, I'm looking at, what can I do, um, you know, to shore up my perimeter defense and look ahead to the to the if they flame out again, which this doesn't look like a team right now to me, Jenna, that's going to advance to a conference finals. You got to think about what, you know, is Donovan going to be like, I, get me out of here. I, I'm, I'm done with this. Like, I just, you right. know. You have to think of those scenarios, too, because, I mean, hey, when you just hit a type of plateau like that, you never know. Uh, let's move on now. Let's talk about the Denver Nuggets because they're making some noise. Number six seed in the West. Uh, what needs to go on with, uh, the Nuggets here though? They just got to get healthy, Jenna. Can, can we just, you know, look, this is not about this. This is more about, you know, what do we wish for every team? So yes, I wish health for them, but can we just talk about Nikola Jokic? I talked about Embiid and how he's playing like the MVP, but I also said how like it can go back and forth. Some days I think it's Embiid. Sometimes I think it's, it's Jokic. I just want to give you Jokic's advanced numbers right now. According to estimated plus minus, he is plus 9.6. That is number one in the NBA by a full two points per 100 possessions. The next closest person is 7.6. That's LeBron James and Steph Curry tied. Then Giannis is 7.1 and Joel Embiid at seven. Like what Jokic is doing is absurd. Okay. Like 
Think about it. Their second and third best players, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., out. Have not played all season. And for them to be above 500 and in the playoffs, that is strictly because of how great Jokic is. He has been phenomenal. Um, you know, so for them, Jenna, I, I just want health. And, you know, maybe we're, we're, we're hearing Michael Porter Jr. could potentially be back by the playoffs. Um, Murray, it's looking like that could happen as well. So we'll see. Um, it's just a shame that if, you know, another great season from Jokic, you know, potentially would get wasted because of injuries. But, you know, it's part of the game, unfortunately. Right, it is. And, you know, Jokic is having such a career season. So, again, you hate to see it. But, uh, you know, not not the end of the world, not too late yet. Let's move on here and get through the West and talk about the Minnesota Timber Puppies. Because mm. they're making a little splash right below the Nuggets in the number seven seed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're doing well, Jenna. I, look, Minnesota's out here like we're going to make the playoffs. Like they're they're grinding, right? They would and today. Here's the thing. You have they're a game behind Denver at six, right? You got Carl Anthony Towns, you got Anthony Edwards, right? You got D'Angelo Russell. Look, you got you got guys, you got pieces. They're playing well, three games above 500, right? Their net rating is now positive. I want to pull it up right now to see where they at or where where they are in terms of net rating. Minnesota, where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Oh, this is, oh they are number 12 in adjusted net rating. Look at that. 12th in adjusted offensive rating, 10th, uh, 14th in adjusted defensive rating. Listen, let me, let me give you these stats. They are, as I said, 12th in adjusted net rating. They're ahead of the Toronto Raptors, Chicago Bulls, and Brooklyn Nets in adjusted, in terms of adjusted net rating. Oof. Hey, so, and in a year where the West is kind of down, right? Listen, let's find a way. They don't need to do anything. They just need to continue to play, play good ball, buy into what, what uh, Coach Finch is, is, is preaching over there and give your fans a chance, right? Like, especially with, with the team above them, Denver, the sixth seed, being a one-man band, right? It's just Jokic, right? right? So if they could find a way to sneak themselves into that six, kudos. Or if you're just getting the plan, right? Just get into the plan. Hell of a exactly. time for, for Minnesota. Damn, I like what I see. I didn't even expect them to be doing this well. So, hey, mm-hmm. kudos to the Timber Puppies. Um, let's talk about the Portland Trailblazers because as much as they weren't active in the last free agency, they are super active right now ahead of the trade deadline. And I'm talking about how they acquired this week Josh Hart, Tomas Santoransky, uh, Nikella uh, Alexander-Walker, and Didi Luzada in two seconds. I mean mm-hmm. – they also traded away uh, Damian Lillard's uh, good friend and backcourt buddy and CJ McCollum, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that down the line. Let's mm-hmm. stick with the Trailblazers because we have Damian Lillard here who Woj has reported the Trailblazers are building around and focus on him. Huh. Okay. Do you believe that? Come on, Jenna. What, what are we talking about here? <laughs> building around. Come Listen, listen. <laughs> Come on, man. Look, this is a full-on rebuild, right, going on. And if you're Dame, you have to ask yourself, okay, it is clear winning a championship in this town with this organization is not happening, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Dame and CJ, and when CJ just came back before he got traded to the Pelicans, both of them being out allowed Anthony Simons to develop. Well, guess what? That may be a nice little young piece for them to have, right? By the way, they sent away Robert Covington uh, and Norman Powell uh to the clippers right so and they got back justice winslow eric Bledsoe. like look mm-hmm. you know what those are all expiring contracts and contracts yeah. that can get moved because they are on a full rebuild they got a they could have potentially 60 million in cap space this summer and they have a 20 something million dollar trade exception look none of that's going to be enough to get portland i mean portland is no that's no nba free agency hotbed how many free agency free agents you know line up to be like yeah let me go to portland no so they're rebuilding. And the other thing, too, is are we sure that we know what the status of this team is long term? Does Jody Allen want to keep this team or she want to sell it? Right? right. Like there, there's a lot going on. Listen, it's teardown time. End of an era in Portland. Rebuild. Go, let Dame go somewhere where he has a chance to win. And you guys get back what you can, what you can for him. And again, let's start this whole thing over. Right. I think really quick, last note, just a theory, but I mean, it's probably not even a theory. It's pretty much seems evident. 
in my opinion. I obviously believe that Dame went, got the surgery because he knew the rebuild was coming. And I feel like that's why he's kind of not correcting those rumors or whatever now that they're building around him and blah, 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 and all this stuff. I think this is to set him up to go to a good destination. That's just me. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you could be dead on. I mean, I, you know, writing's on the wall. And the question is where that is, but that's a conversation for a different day. Exactly. Let's talk about OKC because, yeah, it, it's quiet down there in the number 14 seed, uh, <laughs> 17 and 36. I mean, look, th- we know what they're doing, right? They're, they are tanking to get that number one pick so they can rebuild, right? It's just this is what's happening. No need to talk about o- Oklahoma City. They, they have a ton of draft capital, a ton of cap space. They, you know, their hope is that they're going to make some moves this offseason to then, you know, pair with Shea Gilles-Alexander and who they can be, you know, be a, be a playoff team and a, and, a, and a solid, you know, long-term contender going forward. But nothing happening this year for them. When you go to OKC, there's just be a sign that says, like, welcome to OKC, where, like, it's a pit stop and careers are, you know, <laughs> massaged and developed here <laughs> and then to send you away. Now, the, a team that I do want to talk about is the Phoenix Suns, the number one team in the West. I mean, hey, it's looking real good out there in the desert with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and co. And, I mean, this is looking like a serious title team right now at this point. I mean, they're the best team in the, in the league to me right now, Jenna. And my wish for them is just I want them to be healthy come postseason because I want to see this team at full strength make it run run it back. Um, so I think I think they are the best team in the West. They might be the best team in the league. I think they could, if they have a, a rematch with Milwaukee, I think they found out some things about themselves that they could potentially use to win this time around. So, yeah, I, I look, again, I, I keep throwing it out. Uh, another wing might be nice, but again, <laughs> everyone would need would like that, right? I, I just think that I would not break up what they have to do that, right? They, they have everything they need right now um to 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 be a team that wins the championship oh i hope so we shall see chris paul we're rooting for you buddy you need to ring okay let's talk about the los angeles clippers because they acquired robert covington and norman oh we skipped the the warriors oh sorry i mean what else is there to talk about (laughs) number two seed in the west the warriors i mean hey they just got clay back really (laughs) <laughs> um, they got clay back i think look they just need draymond to get healthy because while they're winning without him in the regular season they're not going to advance in the postseason without a healthy draymond so they're going to need the anchor of their defense back and it looks like uh james wiseman he had his first contact uh since this injury so it looks like he might have a chance to join the team uh down the stretch what he looks like and what happens with, with that in terms of you know his ability to play with this squad remains to be seen uh but you know it'll be interesting to see but yeah that's the warriors yeah you like to see a draymond replace for the all-star game but uh speedy recovery on his end just ain't that huge turner deal he'll be fine anyway <laughs> los angeles clippers like i was saying before before i mess that up my 10 slip up of the day they acquired robert covington and norman powell i like these pickups especially with the squad that they have with coach ty Lu there any word on Kawhi coming back what are we, what are we doing uh, it, it, LA? it's not looking like Kawhi is coming back and this season and coach Lou said you know he's praying for the mri on paul george but look kudos to coach ty Lu, man this squad 27 and 28 they're below one game below 500 but they're in the eighth spot right now he's doing a hell of a job coaching this team without oh, their yeah. two top guns and getting Covington and and Powell, as you said, excellent additions. If George can come back post All Star break, listen, this team—they're only three games back of the six seed. They can they can claw their way in there and get into that top six and continue to build that culture with these with these young guys that they have right now mm-hmm. with uh, Terrence Mann and you know Zubac and all these guys. I, I I like what I see from them. So kudos to Coach Ty Lue. You know, it'd just be nice, you know, again, broken record health. That's what would be nice for these teams, health. Right, exactly. So praying for everybody. So let's not go too far and talk about the Lakers, the ailing (laughs) Lakers, the geriatric Lakers. We've heard it all. But what do the Lakers need to do? I mean, they basically went and cleaned house and got a new roster, the older roster of Hall of Famers, but that hasn't seemed to work out this season. Then again, LeBron James has been riddled with injury. And of course, the team is dealing with COVID protocols that have seemed to fizzle uh, more so in recent days, but injury seems to be plaguing them. Anthony Davis isn't up to par of what we thought he would be injury-wise, so 
what do these Lakers need to do? Do they even have any money at this point? Is the luxury tax uh, flowing? What's happening? The, the, the Lakers have nothing because they have no assets to trade that anybody wants. And they are over Malik the tax. Monk is your number three guy. Right. Look, they, they, they are what they are. If they're going to be anything better than the ninth seed right now, and they're ninth, they are three and a half games behind, uh, behind the Nuggets. If they're going to be anything but a playing team, Anthony Davis is going to have to play much better, right? That, and LeBron's going to have to not be injured. They are 22nd right now in adjusted net rating at minus 2.1. They're 24th in adjusted offensive rating and 17th in adjusted defensive rating. I mean, that's that's all you need to know right there. They have no – when they were winning the championship in the bubble two years ago and when they finished the regular season before the injuries happened, they were the number one defense in the league. They are now – what did I just tell you? They are number 17. Well <laughs> – that's that's quite that's quite the fall, right? Like you're not you are not going to be doing what they want to do as an organization, which is win championships with that kind of defense and that putrid offense. That's just it is what it is. Again, Davis is going to have to be playing like he is the best player in the world, and he's been not that thus far. So they are what they are. Facts. Uh, a lot of adversity uh, for the Lakers there. Let's talk about the Sacramento Kings. We mentioned them before because they were obviously involved in that trade we spoke about with the Pacers. Now, sticking with the Kings side of the deal, they acquired a two-time All-Star in DeMontis Sabonis, Jerry Lamb, Justin Holiday, and a second for Halibut and Heald and Thompson, like we had mentioned before. So talk to me about the Kings. Obviously, they made moves. I said that a lot of people were predicting that the Pacers had uh, won this deal. But what are your thoughts on their their side of the coin? I guess they decided they're going all in on De'Aaron Fox. I mean, cool, I guess. Look, Jenna, the, the Kings are 20 and 35. They are currently 13th. I, I just like, what, what do you think you're doing? I'll give you some stats for them. 26th in adjusted net rating, 19th in adjusted offensive rating, 29th in adjusted defensive rating. Those of you that don't know, there are 30 teams in the NBA. They are 29th in adjusted defensive rating. Yeah. They're in the bottom third in adjusted net and defense. I just, I what look, you know I love Domas. He's my guy. But the Kings are a dumpster fire of a franchise. Like, they're horrible. I just don't know what these moves are going to do to help them do what? Get into the plan? Like, how? I, I just made the postseason since 2003. I, Jenna, I, I'm sorry. I, I just don't see it. Like, they are currently two games back of the 10 seed. So I guess they can fight and claw and get that 10 seed. But okay, uh, then what? <laughs> right? Like, you're going to get a game, maybe two. I mean, and then to get, I mean, and, and it, you have to win those, right? To then win three games or whatever to get to the to the playoffs. And your your gift is the number one seed Phoenix Suns, where you will get demolished in four, right? Like, I just it, it, everything needs to change about Sacramento. Like literally everything, everything. Oh, my gosh! Again, one of the original dumpster fires. So uh, you know, at least it gives us a little nostalgia on the show for <laughs> for those reasons. But hey, gotta do what you gotta do, and the. The Kings are doing something. I just don't know what it is. Mm. Um, let's move on to our guy, Ja Moran, and the Grizzlies, because right now Ja's uh, leading them at, at, with the number three seed in the West, which is incredible to me how they have climbed this ladder in the West. Um, above 500, of course, above the Jazz and those other contenders there. Right below, again, top two teams in the Suns and the Warriors. Talk to me about the Grizzlies. Do they need to add a piece? No, I, I think the Grizzlies are good the way they are. Um, if it's going to break up, look, unless the piece is a difference maker, right? And the name I've thrown out all, for a while has been Jalen Brown, right? And I feel like Jalen Brown as a wing is someone who, because that's a borderline all-star right there. He is someone, it's like, okay, you want to tell me I got to give up um, Desmond Bain and Dylan Brooks maybe and some some draft capital? Okay, I, I I would consider that right, like, but it's got to be someone who I know is a wing scorer who can who can guard, who can create um, in a playoff setting. Um, that's it. But if you're telling me to do it for like Jeremy Grant or like mm, that doesn't that doesn't move the needle enough for me. The Grizzlies are listen the core with John Morant, our guy Trip, uh, Desmond Bain, uh, Zaire Williams, Xavier Tillman. I mean, they they just I love this team as you know. They're playing so so well. I just want them to keep keep riding what they're doing. Um, 
number number three in the West, as you mentioned, number six in adjusted net rating, number five in adjusted offensive rating, number nine in adjusted defensive rating. I mean, they're they're outstanding. So kudos to the Grizz. Yeah, love what we're seeing there. Let's move on to the Dallas Mavericks. Again, right there, the number five seed, two below the Grizzlies there, and uh, sandwiched with the Jazz right there. Let's talk about the Mavericks too, because there was a lot of turmoil within this organization at the start of the season, uh, especially behind the scenes there. And again, they had some coaching changes, front office changes, things of that nature. And again, Mark uh, Cuban-led team, but... Do they need to make some moves? Does Mark need to get up on a Shark Tank game here for the trade deadline? <laughs> uh, so Jason Kidd has transformed the defense, right? They are number five in adjusted defensive rating. Those, they are guarding the heck out of people right now. Um, I like what this team is. I think the Luca Kristaps thing is still kind of weird, right? Losing Tim Hardaway Jr. is going to hurt them in terms of just someone who can like ostensibly get his own shot and score right again come playoff time need as many people as possible who can do that. Um, Jalen Brunson has been a nice ad for them. Um, but I feel like, again, they're just, they too, they, they need a little bit more in the offensive creation category. But again, wh- where does that exist? Who is that? And where do they find it? Um, they're doing well for what they are right now. Uh, fifth in the East, as you mentioned. Um, yeah, they may try to make some moves on the margins, but I don't know if there's anything blockbuster out there for them. Okay, okay, I hear you. Now, let's uh, move on to these Pelicans because we got to talk about them. Again, another dumpster fire. Like we have been telling you guys, we haven't seen Zion Williamson after he had that setback in rehab for his foot injury after surgery there. So they have acquired uh, a couple people here, a little CJ McCollum backcourt with uh, Dame from Portland there, Larry Nance Jr. and Tony Snell, again, in that trade that we had talked about earlier with – Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> I'm stroking. <laughs> but anyway, talk to me, Gerard, here. Because do we need to see a move being made here at all? Or I mean, you know, kudos to the Pelicans. They, they started they started the season one in ten or something like that. They were they were atrocious. They were the, bad. The, the, the Zion thing is still I, I don't know what's happening there. Um and they're currently in the play-in, right? What are they, tenth? Uh, are they 12 right now they're 10th they're 10th right they're, they're right at the edge i mean cool i yeah. guess oh look i i wish i knew what david griffin and company were doing down there the, the big thing is the big piece around this is like okay you got cj's got that veteran kind of scoring presence you got balanchunas all right but zion's the key like what what is going on with that like is is, is, is he coming back this season like right it's like- it's been it's been so strange what's been going on down there. What, what I would wish for that team is clarity. Clarity of vision and mission <laughs> to know what is it that we are doing and what is our plan. That is what I yeah. wish for them. Give us somewhat of a blueprint here, anything. Uh, we haven't heard much since a few weeks back. We got that setback from Zion, that notice from the Pelicans. So we'll see. Again, anything that you do know about this trade is that if CJ McCollum is going anywhere – it's going to be an incredible environment in that locker room, within the team, his leadership, and the list goes on. Good guy right there. Good get in that type of good locker room guy, which apparently the Pelicans do need, according to the news this season. But again, we don't have time to talk about their drama. So let's talk about the Spurs. What do they need to do? Them and Coach Pop, congrats to DeJounte Murray on that all-star nod as well. Yeah, I think they need to figure out if we're going with the kids, DeJounte and, you know, the kids. Oh, I mean, right. If if you're going DeJounte, Lonnie Walker, if that's if that's your team of the future, you know, OK, we move in Jacob, uh, Jakob Hurdle. Um, you know, what, 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 what are we doing here? Um, this this limbo space that they're in, like, I just, you know, nothing great about it. Right. Like, I just I just don't know what what the end game is for San Antonio right there. 12th seed seed right now, number 17 in adjusted net rating. They're 14th in adjusted offensive rating, 18th in adjusted defensive rating. They're just a little bit below average, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's kind of the results you're getting. Like is DeJounte, can he make another leap to be like a different, I mean, he's had a hell of a year, right? Like um, Devin Vassell, is he someone that you, that you think you can build around? If, if it's about turning it over to all the young kids, and it's time to clear out all that veteran, you know, contracts and 
get yourself some more draft capital and 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 you know and and decide to fully commit. The question is, Pop is in his seventies, right? So it's like, does he want to be a part of that? Probably not. So really, is they're probably waiting on whatever the Pop decision is going to be. Right, right, and yeah, I mean, hey, we'll see and keep an eye on the Spurs there for that uh, kind of update there. Let's move on and talk about the Houston Rockets. Do we need to talk about the Houston Rockets? I mean. Look, what can we do there? I mean, hey, they got Jalen Green. (laughs) Yeah, they got Jalen Green. I mean, that's that's really all you can say, right? If someone fell around, twenty eighth in adjusted net rating, twenty sixth in adjusted offensive rating, thirtieth in adjusted defensive rating. Look, this is a rebuild. We know that. Um, They're all their their job right now is figuring out. Well, what are they going to do with John Wall? That's what I wish them. I would wish clarity on the John Wall situation to figure out what you're going to do there to let that man play ball somewhere else. Um, instead of keeping him on the bench and not doing any, or keep, not even on the bench, keeping him away from the facility and locked away from playing basketball. Free, free right. John Wall. Let him go somewhere where he can play ball and you guys can need to acquire your draft capital and do what it is you're doing. But, you know, Houston is what it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and that, guys, that concludes uh, our breakdown and mm-hmm. preview of a little bit of what we want to see go on with these teams all 15 in the East and West. We got it covered for you guys. And thanks to Gerard for his uh, amazing analysis per usual. <laughs> and I don't have anything to say that I contributed today except no, for a couple you of were, clubs. You, you were great. Listen, it's 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 the end of a long day. These things happen. You know, it's like we, we are limping towards the all-star break, much like a lot of these teams are, right? Mm-hmm. So, folks, you know where to find us. We are part of the Props Network. Thank you so much to them. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Seven Footers Pod at Seven Footers Podcast. Make sure you're following us there. It is, of course, uh, at JS Hector at Gentleman Selly. Look, and you know, All Stars right around the corner, and you know, we're gonna head towards that home stretch soon. So, until next time, guys. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Tryna have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't wanna trap, what's a man gon' do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Ride around 10, came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull up on the scene See my life is-